G'day punters. Welcome to the Mailbags preview show for this Saturday at Flemington. We're going to touch on Eagle Farm as well, but Jack Dickens, we may as well start with the golf because the Open Championship is here and the caddy is back. Yeah, very, very uh, exciting week, especially, uh, well, none of us are locked down at the moment, but uh, it's pretty scary here in Melbourne, Mark Roden, and uh, if you're watching this in Sydney, you're already fucked, so... The beautiful thing about the Open Championship is it's one of the big four majors, but it's because in Europe, it's a lot more watchable to not ruin your, your, like your sleep patterns as badly. So um, first bets will be out just about when this show goes. So if you want to get involved, it's completely free. Just head to the website, themailbag.com.au, uh, click the link, sign up. Um, obviously, you'd hopefully already have the app. If you haven't, get that and just create an account. And uh, we'll send out a bunch of bets this afternoon or like lunchtime. And we bet throughout the tournament. I think we backed John Rahm curls maybe after the first round of the uh, U.S. Open. Maybe yeah. like the guy, the guy running it, is very selective when he picks his spots for each golfer. I don't know how he does it, but he does a pretty good job of it. Yep. All right. Sounds outstanding. Uh, Flemington the rail is out three meters, from what I can gather. Just having a look at some of the historical data at the moment should play relatively even. Uh, you probably don't want to be settling last if you've got the wrong tempo, but it should play pretty much uh, even. So best horses should get their opportunity. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it's Flemington's. Yeah, it's the best it's headquarters. Uh, race six, Jack Dickens looks an intriguing race. Uh, you've got De Graves, De Graves as favourite. Two dollars seventy. Yeah. Dice roll 440, fundraiser 750. That's best available at the moment. But then you've also got Adelaide Ace, Canaan's in the race. There's a few little sneaky ones. Django Freeman returns. I, I don't know. Like we're not, obviously, we're not bookmakers, but um, oh, Tab went up 370 degrees. Uh, it was like a, an old school victim black booker for me from the previous meeting. You know, because you just should have just pulled the trigger straight away when it was in next. You know, back at Flemington, where else would you want one of Lloyd's horses? Um, I reckon Dice Roll was a little bit shaky when winning. Ruby Saki went to Sydney and was shit, but that was a disgraceful track, bottomless rodent, so you could make, like, you could forgive that, ignore that. Um, I thought Dice Roll was half plain, even though badly not suited at Flemington last start. Yeah, the way we price at the starting point, it's got dice roll favourite. That's not how it'll end up. I'll have to jig this around. Uh, I really like this. It's uh, a graze, like one from one. I don't like that it's not up in trip. Um, I think the race, the race therefore is probably going to end up a no bet race for us. And um, don't think there's a lot of tempo in it either. Again, which we saw last time, doesn't suit dice roll. Like I doubt. I doubt Mellon goes forward on Django Freeman. You know, Sierra Sue, maybe Adelaide Ace from 11. Does he want to roll forward? And then if he does, he's going to drop anchor. I think we're due. Noblet's flying. Two winners yesterday at uh, Sandown. But even like Bartholomew Diaz, Canaan. I don't think there's much tempo. I don't think that suits dice roll. I think DeGraves will start shorter than a 270 and probably win. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. I don't really have anything further to add. Let's have a look at race seven, which is a well down the straight thousand meter race. Dirty thoughts with Jamie Carr, three dollars thirty. Express Bass, three dollars ninety. 
Space Boy for Melon six dollars and nine fifty for Zakat. Zakat. It all makes sense because Peter's actually picked the race as a previewing punters and he's obviously just wanted to lead in there to race seven. Dirty Phyllis Jay Carr. Uh, what a relevant name for you to read out on our show, Peter. I did it for Love's forty to one. <laughs> Play on. I've had about four hours sleep. I've been awake for about twenty minutes. What do you want from me? I'm just looking. I'm like a parrot. I just want you to you do you. Um, I think we've got one here. Needs to run on. Probably gets back worse in midfield. Knocked off Zorro's dream, who should have won last week at Caulfield. Previously, it's number two Express Pass. Uh, Matty Cartwright rides claims two. He's a chinky to the, the the chance the horse the horse's chances. It's not a positive, but it's not a huge negative. He's just got to sort of jump, find a spot, and get through get through his gears. Rails out three. It. You have to be incredibly unlucky or really, really bad to lose momentum with a rail out three down the straight at Flemington. So Only what, thing they can sort of do these younger riders is take too long to get get moving through the gears. So he's a he's a chink because of his inexperience more than anything, or does he have a certain riding style that you think doesn't suit the horse? Inexperience. Yeah. I like I really like that he's ridden the horse two other times. Yeah. That like makes me keener to. Um, I trust him here. I don't like the back and trip. I, mean, I like that it stays at a thousand. Sorry, and um, that he rode it last start down the straight. But it, like, you can see the way. Like, you can just watch the, the big the big riders win straight races on, the, especially on the get back horses. It's very very hard to time the run. Yep. And, and you know, it's it's a concern, but I think the price is really fair. I think this horse is like a lot shorter than what it is now, and uh, yeah, keen to back number two Express Pass in race seven. For Nick Ryan, who's fucking airborne, and um, Matthew Cartwright. Okay, that's a look at Flemington there. Um, I don't know, it looks like a competitive meeting. It looks like there's some horses here that we're going to be seeing a lot more over the next couple of months. So I guess we're getting started in mid July. Let's head up to Queensland. Curls, you want to have a look at Eagle Farm Race 4. Yeah, I'm a little bit reluctant to. Uh pull the trigger on anything just yet um, there's a bit of weather wet weather about but race four interests me it seems an interesting uh, setup an interesting race where we see uh, we see F Troop um, now F Troop Golan used to train it uh, I think it went down to McAvoy Tony McAvoy might have had it um, tried to stretch it out in trip a little bit yeah he did have it uh, when it was in Queensland it was a like a real speed real speedster. Uh, when it went down to McAvoy, they sort of ride it a bit quieter and tried to like, stretch it out in trip. Ran really well in listed grade, um, you know, down in Melbourne in the autumn uh, last year. Anyway, it's back. Uh, it's in Queensland. Um, sort of rode it back first up. A bit soft in the market. Ran accordingly. I just noticed on Saturday here, it's, they've got the claim on with Kyle Wilson-Taylor uh, taking three off. So it gets him with 51 and a half and blinkers go back on. So I'm sort of anticipating this horse is going to be ridden for speed on Saturday, uh, back like it used to be when it was in Queensland. Uh, there's another horse in the race there with also with a three-kilo claim with Spirit's Choice, another horse that goes that goes quick. Um, so it'll be interesting to see sort of if there's any rain around, F-Troop probably won't run. But if it stays dry and it's a fast track, I reckon they'll just let this rip. Um and I think it'll probably get a little bit of market support because of it, and then that'll allow us to 
come into a couple of horses that map just to sit off it and hopefully get over the top of it. It's um, if we see Spirit's Choice and F Troop with 51 kilos each going, you know, head and head over the uh, over the 1200 at Eagle Farm, they won't be able to lift their legs the last furlong. I think it plays into the hands of a horse like Phantom Falcon. Um, on the back up from uh, the Ramorni, where it led and had its chance, it boxed on okay. This horse has a, a very close second over 1400 at Eagle Farm to the Herovian, the cult figure from Queensland. Um, so he's got the blinkers off, winkers on. So I can sort of anticipate that it might be the one just smoking the pop in behind the two tearaway leaders here. And could be the one getting over the top late Phantom Falcon. But we just want to make sure that the track's dry and both um, F Troop and Spirit's Choice will be going around. And uh, I think we can find maybe Phantom Falcon off a good map. And even Pepe Le Pew um, is another one that can sort of sit off this tempo here um, and be suited. But we'll wait till Saturday to see what the final field's like and see if the track's firm and make sure everyone's running. How much rain do they need though for this thing to be like soft? Isn't it sort of a? It's only it's all about it's only about F troop. Like the the track could get 120 millimeters and be a good four. Um, but it's just a matter of whether F troop runs or not. That's deter that'll determine the speed. So that's me um, interpreting the the jockey engagement and the gear change on F troop that they're going for. He he had he had a milestone, didn't he, yesterday? Tony Gollan or day before. They, the stable train their 100th Metropolitan winner for the season, which I think was cons consecutive years, um, which I'm glad that happened because that um, sort of put put a positive story in the headlines about the stable, which was good. Yep. Okay. Mm. Very good. Um, we've got a question for you, girls, but before we do that, I thought I'd just ask one of my own viewer questions because this Saturday at Belmont, there's one race with over 10 horses in it. Like, it's small fields. I don't know what's going on. No idea why that's the case, given the weather's improving. How, do you guys take any different approach when you're dealing with small fields? We're talking eight horses or less as opposed to dealing with a capacity field. Do you look for anything different? I think Mark Roden gets, gets the yeah. first call here. Welcome to the show, Mark Roden. He's muting and unmuting himself. Unmuted myself for a start. Sorry, I wasn't listening. What was the <laughs> so when you're dealing with a... Because obviously in New South Wales, you deal with plenty of small field sizes. When you're dealing with a smaller field, say eight or less runners, do you approach the race differently to as if it's a capacity field? Oh, well, it changes the map for a start. Um, not necessarily. Uh, the, the, what I don't like, what, what I find a struggle is when you get... like. There's a 10-horse field at Costa today, which is now four. So that's, mm. you know, you might as well have not done the four on that in the, uh, in the first place. Um, no, I don't know. Look, look I, always, I always start with a map. So no matter what the field side, that's sort of colouring my thinking before I delve into the figures, um, just having an idea of where they might be in the run and what the, the pace might be like. So um, obviously the field size affects that, but, um, you know, that's not the only factor. So you recommend you just to have a box first four when there's four horse fields, Mark? Well, you'll be having one, I imagine, in those four or, or should I just play the uh, odds and evens in that instance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, odds and evens in the field. Oh, hang, you have to check the saddle clock numbers there. There might be a, there might be an angle there. <laughs> <laughs> 
how, how do you handle it, Curls? A smaller race, smaller food? No, yeah, I just handle them all the same. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, the only thing that changes is there's there's the tempo. It's just map and tempo. It's the only difference. I don't know. I still don't. I, I mean, if it's a, if it's over, if it's still a bet, it's still a bet. Like if it's a four horse field and I've got one a dollar thirty and it's a dollar sixty five, I'm probably going to have something on it. Yeah, I, I prefer them to be like over eight and nine runners, but above that, I, I like it when it's sort of ten to eleven runners. Because if you like one, provided it's competent rider, which half time it is down here, you, they can put it in a, in a spot where it can win. Whereas if you find like we go to the Mooney Valley pretty soon probably, and if there's like seventeen horse fields, just a barrier or alone can ruin a horse's chances. Yeah, on the more tactical tracks in Victoria, so. Uh, Okay. Or, or they might be, they might be a, like a really wealthy rider who's just spent some time up in Queensland and looked like a genius just because he got to the outside fence when no one else did. Who overthinks fucking thousand meter races at Sandown, mate? It's a dog leg left, just jump and find a spot and just fucking uh, finish the race off. Don't get stuck inside of the glad wrap. He he glad wrap after the race. He he whacked him. Did he? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Good advice there from Gladrup. Uh, Curls, we do have a question, though. If possible, could Curls share with us a little of how the fuck he found Copa di Tambulo in Brisbane Race 3 on Saturday? Uh, 51 starts, only four on soft, no map advantage. 1350 to 1300 to 1100, back to 1050. It was obviously a small unit play, but an impressive bet. It reminds me of the time I walked into KFC and asked the colonel for the ingredients to the secret herbs and spices. <laughs> how, how you just maintain this level of fucking like showmanship is just something I fucking admire so much. I, <laughs> just nothing stops him. Well, look, there's a, a number of factors. First of all, um, it was a down-in-class runner. Secondly, um, what caught my eye with him was on punningform.com.au, you can see his uh, last 200 was like a negative six for class last start at a track where, which I think, uh, was that Gatton or somewhere like that? It was a Gatton. So it was a track where you just can't like run time for class uh, at all. Um and then, uh, yeah, and then I suppose when you work through the field and have a look, um, you know, like I said, it was the worst race it had been in at, for some time. And um, another thing that you'll find on punning form when you have a look at, you know, career peaks and things like that, it was a very similar sort of setup to when he and distance that he ran a career best uh, in a race where I did map a little bit more speed than what there was. And um, on review, on review, it was the best part of the track where he where it was positioned, and only needed him to get up on on the speed and and that sort of uh, fitness fitness that he had on his side and coming back in trip a little bit was um, was suitable. So I knew so basically I knew the horse had run well uh, at this trip uh, in, in better grade as well. It been competitive in better grade and it was back to a winnable race and and only needed to to be able to be ridden to use his fitness edge and and. Suppose that's how it turned out in the end. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. But you know, you get to those races where you think you can find—not think you can find—but you've got to have a look at those races 
and try and find something that only has to run to what it's done before to win. And if it is in the type of form that it can run to that similar sort of figure again to be competitive. So it's not about trying to find something two years ago when it's gone off the boil and its last three were complete dog shit. Like it had its it had good it had a good figure for this field to beat this field and its last and its previous few runs, you know, were good enough um, in good form races. So there we go. Makes sense. Okay. That's okay. Can Very generous. Yep. And that's how you make a zinger burger. <laughs> <laughs> I love zinger. <laughs> I think right. I have Chris every time. Yeah. Uncle Chris, back in winners and eating dirty bird. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining here on the preview. Mark Roden will be back tomorrow with Mark Sheen to preview the meeting from Randwick. I think I'm always guessing. Uh, yes, it is Randwick, and we've got the provincials at Goulburn. It's a uh, Illawarra Turf Club meeting at Goulburn. So transferred, but we'll have a look at that as well. Okay. Sounds beautiful. All right, guys, go well. Bye for now.